What's going on? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, as always, the Steady uh, Talk podcast. Steady Talk podcast. Yeah, we went on a bit of a two-week hiatus. We we took a, a week off for Halloween, and then um, just had other personal life stuff going on, like a wedding and other stuff like that. But we are now back. Yeah, finally, finally back. Um, as always, if this is your first time. Um, listening to the Steady Talk podcast, you can find us on pretty much any streaming um, platform, so Spotify, um, Apple, Apple, all that good, Amazon, stuff, all that good stuff. Um, you can find us on Instagram, and then you can find me and Chandler uh, on there as well. If you just go to the Steady Talk podcast page, but we're super excited. Um, it was a bit of a, an emergency pod here, um, but this was an individual that we had on our schedule anyway. So I'll kind of let Chandler. Take it over from here. Yeah, episode number nine. We're super excited. Uh, we have our good friend, Brant Judici. Uh, we know him very well, actually. We're, we went to college together with him. We were in the same fraternity. And over the years, uh, we never have strayed apart as friends, all of us. We've always stayed in contact. Um, Brant's one of the nicest guys that you'll know. Uh, he's very funny. He's kind of a meme god, too, if you didn't know. Like, he's got, he's got fire memes. Uh, he's funny, you know, everything, you know, you could love about a person. So go ahead, Brent, feel free to introduce yourself. Oh, I appreciate you guys having me out here for this. Um, it's really exciting, and I understand that you guys want a little bit of a pinch. I'm always happy to help out with that. Yeah, we appreciate as I understand, <laughs> I understand it gets hard sometimes, and, and things don't always plan out. It's hard to get that filled last minute, so I'm happy to be here. Um, but, yeah, so went to college with Chandler and Connor. Uh, Became really good friends actually after college and started hanging out more than we did when we were there. Um, so it's been a, it's been a pleasure. So um, so moving forward, your profession as of right now is mm-hmm. you are an officer in the Johnson County area, right? Right. So I work for a, a smaller city in the Johnson County area in Kansas. Um, I know you guys had Brett on. He was in yep. Casey Mo. It's a little bit bigger. A little bit bigger of an agency. I think they're around five, six hundred people, and we're about probably about forty people um, in total. So, quite the difference in yeah. what I would do on a normal daily basis compared to what what Brett would do. Yeah. So, are you are you during? So do you patrol during the day? So right now I'm assigned to evening shift, which runs from three p.m. to one a.m. I do ten hour shifts. So it's four days on, three days off typically, which is a nice. Yeah. Uh, from the typical work week of, you know, five days on, you get two days off. Is that usually how it starts? Like, as a new officer, you get nights? Because I know, like, a lot of people that go, like, a lot of people that go into the nursing field get kind of assigned the evening shift. Yeah, it, it, like it really just depends. Um, I came over to this agency with some experience because um, I've been a cop before I joined here. So true, yeah. they had just thrown me into... The evening shift is typically where a new person would go because it's the busiest. Oh, is it really? The yeah. Day? Oh, I guess. Yeah, everyone, yeah. Typically everyone's at work and sometimes you'll get the day shift yes, calls or things like that. Um, but evenings, everyone's coming home. You know, some people don't have, you know, a great home life and they get in disagreements uh, with their spouses. They're off work. People, kids are out of school. Yeah. Um, so typically you get a little bit higher call volume during that time. So your, your new guys that are fresh out of the academy, we'll get assigned to that shift typically for at least a few weeks. And then um, I know with us, we spend a, probably about uh, three or four months every day you're riding with someone, you know, 
typically a senior officer and he's yeah. gonna teach you everything you need to know and probably you know some things you didn't learn in the academy that's where the real <laughs> yeah, takes place. I'm sure a lot of it's like learned by like experience yeah for sure yeah and it's it may not you know I've had things where you know I kind of had an idea of how to do them but you get out in the field and it's put in a certain situation you're like, yeah uh. you're like you you suddenly like forget you're like oh man now this is actually happening I actually am a practitioner of this of this field not just someone who's trying to understand it I yeah. have to do it and it's a time to learn because you don't want to be by yourself and then make mistakes you would yeah yeah definitely want to make mistakes up front exactly when, when you're with someone like that and having a mentor or having someone I mean in any work situation when you're get, it's good that organizations no matter if you're in like law enforcement or just in a mm-hmm. business setting or a fabrication or anything when you get put with someone who's very professional and has been in it for a long time, you, it's going to be way better for that employee in the long run. Yeah. And also, because you can get that real experience. And also, when you're training, you know, you're kind of in a box of like, this is what it's supposed to look like. But especially in law enforcement, those situations probably are the same, but they're not. But are they, are yeah. they, di- like, yeah. are they there's, different? There's always something that's a little bit different. No. You know, you could have a, a, a simple shoplifting call, but some things are, it's not ever going to be, yeah, the guy walked out with a bunch of stuff or he tried to walk out with a bunch of stuff. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit deeper and sometimes it, it, it truly just is that. Um, we had one example in the old city I used to work in. A woman was, uh, she was trying to shoplift uh, diapers, you know, and it's yeah. like, okay, let's, let's take a look further into this. Why, why is this person trying to steal diapers, you know, mm-hmm. not... I'm trying to steal the latest, you know, Excellent. video game system. <laughs> exactly. Not something for a need. And we ended up speaking with her. And, you know, and these people will be honest if you just show them, show them a little bit of respect. Some compassion. And show them that they're yeah. human and not just someone you caught stealing. And it kind of to find out she just lost her job, mm-hmm. you know, gotten divorced, doesn't have any money, barely can afford the rent to stay at home. And um, my partner on the shift who had gotten there before me actually ended up purchasing um, some supplies That's for her. Awesome. And yeah. actually, you know, it's not going to do her any good to arrest her and take her to jail. No, it's that's just going to compound the issues, and we're going to not that we're trying to lighten our caseload, but trying to help people out, and that's not going to do anybody any good. But we can show we can help be helpful in that way. Well, that's good to. It's great that you have a good an example like that because I know things. We'll get into more of this probably later, but it can be kind of polarizing being in that situation because you never really know what people are in. And it's really good to see that from that example, you were willing to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Mm-hmm. And that's really the core problem, I feel like, understanding people is being able to look in third person and say, you know what, what I wonder what situation they're in before yeah. just making an assumption. Yeah, Because yeah. nobody thinks, yeah, I'm just going to go steal stuff, steal diapers just for the heck of it. There's, there's always something else going on, and that's what's interesting to me about this job is why these things are happening. How did we get to this point? I have a question then. So has your skill of, I guess, perception of a situation improved? Like, what, what, like how has that been improved? Like, you probably catch yourself in normal situations now identifying more clues before you even said talk to a person. I don't remember the term that they use at S2 for when someone walked through the door and you could kind of already tell oh, how they were going yeah, to yeah, yeah. 
yeah. develop into the conversation or into the situation. Like in your, in your case. I can't remember. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but like their cadence, or I guess like when someone, like when you pull to a scene and mm-hmm. you assess the situation, how has your assessment skills become better? Uh, just being able to identify that uh, someone had broken it when I was really new, um, and I was I didn't know anything about being a cop, and <laughs> I had one of the older guys with me that I had talked to, and you know has talked about struggling. I can't trying to identify these different crimes or different situations, and you know. What is the appropriate path to take in these in these types of things? And right. he had broken it down to me, and you know, is anyone hurt? What crime occurred? Who did it? And who's the victim? You know, if that's the case anyway. And you know, it's not always a clear cut. You know, like if we have domestic violence, or you know, the male hit the female, or the female, you know, oftentimes hits the male. Um, it's figuring out, you know, if this is a mental health call and this person is a danger to themselves, we can't just leave them there, you know? Yeah. They are, in a sense, you know, a crime a crime hasn't necessarily occurred, but they are themselves their own victims sometimes, yeah. and they they just need the help. They, they can't get it on their own. Um, and that's another thing that we have a benefit of having in uh, Johnson County is people from Johnson County Mental Health will actually be embedded with our department. Okay. So if we do get like awesome. those type of mental health calls, obviously I'm not a professional in the mental health field. <laughs> right. um, these people are and certified by a board to come out with us, make these decisions um, that can better help these people's lives, and not just oh yeah, you need to go to the hospital get evaluated. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're you know you're you can barely afford rent, you don't have food, you don't have gas for your car, you need help getting a job. These are kind of long term things of they're going to check in with them, you know, probably on more than a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and just talk to them and oftentimes what part of my job is going out with them to different you know these people's residences and, and just checking up on them cool we'll sit down for 30 minutes or so and we'll say hey what's going on in your life how's everything going are you getting your medications are you you know have you applying jobs do you have a job how's that going where are you working at mm-hmm. you know what's what's going to be the plan for the next probably next week or a few months so that way we can actually get you you know back on track to a healthy lifestyle is there it it's crazy though too, because like the homeless population here in Kansas City isn't like super crazy, and so I feel like a lot of at times the majority of homeless people are out on the streets just because they don't have help like that. Mm-hmm. That's why I, obviously you're gonna have more homeless people in bigger cities like New York or LA and stuff. But I feel like there's just so many people that boards that do that type of stuff don't have the amount of people to like actually reach out to an individual and be like really hey are you taking your meds or are you yes. struggling with anything do you are you, you know are you looking for a job do you need a job or yeah some it's, like are you been, are you if you have a job are you have you been making it to work because of transportation issues and mm-hmm. and that's and that's what exactly as you described is what they're they're there for if we have any kind of you know call it sounds like okay this person's homeless or we get there and we figure out if hey, this person's struggling more on just this kind of level let's get the co-responder out there and then see if we can make some sort of case to help him and build this thing up and get him back on track and, and it's unfortunate sometimes they decline our help um, yeah. you know I'm not trying to say we're, we're the best thing for him but at least it's a step in the right direction yeah for sure yeah and I mean I think that's because a lot of people don't have anybody that actually cares <laughs> yeah and, that, and that's what I've noticed too these people are like oh yeah I'm from you know Colorado Louisiana or whatever and then the you know in the middle of Kansas and it's like okay yeah you ha- you have nobody it's you so yeah. and we try to be there for that person but like I met a guy one point time in the river market um, 
I went to stop and just like get some food and this guy stopped me and asked like if I could buy him some cigarettes and we just got to talking and he's like well actually I approached you because like the hat the, actually the hat that I'm wearing now he was like I thought the colors were like Miami colors that's like where I'm originally from like the Florida area mm -hmm. I was like well what like what brings you here and he's like well my grandma got really sick and and she um lived in St. Louis and so like I was staying with her for a bit she ended up passing away and so I didn't have any other family in St. Louis I had a few here like in Kansas City and then I moved here and um, I think he had injured himself like somehow and so he's like it's been hard to find work and so it is you know that you get people from literally all over the place that you don't even realize, you don't even yeah. realize or like they're in this city and they they don't know no, well, and, and that too, I was like, well, do you have like a, a cell phone or anything? He's like, well, when I get like Wi-Fi, I have, I can't remember, he had some type of phone or mm -hmm. WhatsApp or something. Yeah, it was, it was something like that. And I, I still have his, his number and I was like, and it was just asking him a couple questions and stuff. Cause like, you know, I have friends that are of course like recruiters for jobs, but it's so hard. Cause like, if you don't have you know, a the, vehicle the or infrastructure of, yeah. of like a way of like, if I have someone that can help, like, how do I get a hold of you type? Yeah. Cause I don't know, he could be, you know, spending a couple of days in the river market. Next thing he's, you know, in Westport yeah. or, you know, oh, whatever yeah. else. And so it's, that's a difficult thing. Oh man. It's so sad. Like yeah. sometimes I think I have a shitty day, Yeah. you know, and I come home and I park my car in a, you know, security parking garage and I walk up to my loft downtown, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's yeah. like, it really puts things like in a perspective. Yeah, perspective. There was one time I was just having a, a bad day and like I just went on a drive yeah. or whatever and it, it was like last winter and it was super cold out and uh, there was a guy literally like asleep on the sidewalk like under a cover and I, there was just a situation where I just, I called like my mom <laughs> and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I actually called both my parents and I was like, hey, I'm sorry if I've ever taken anything that you guys have done for me, like, for granted. And it was just one of those situations where, you know, you, yeah, it is like things could always be worse. Yeah. Like, if you were put in a room full of strangers and you put the shittiest thing that's ever been, that's ever happened to you on a table, most likely you'll pull that shit right it's back probably because everyone yeah, else yeah, probably has something. But you have to put a, in, a, in, in, you have to put it in perspective too, like, you know, the worst thing that's happened to me is the worst thing that's happened to me. Like, it's not really fair to to compare it to anybody else because everyone has their, like, own, their own struggle, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. Um, so, well, just, we talk about this all the time, just showing kindness to people, no matter what situation they're in, no matter, you know, what status they are, you know, no matter where they live, you know, just... You know, just smiling at people, just yeah. saying hello, just you know, asking how their day is. Like you don't yeah. you don't know how many people that probably makes their day being like, Oh, how's your day today? Yeah. You yeah. know, oh, it's been all right, yeah. but thanks for asking. Yeah. Like no one else asked me. Yeah. And it even goes back to that that little bit of respect that I, I mentioned earlier. If you can just give people you, you know, people you may have just fought and arrested. Mm -hmm. If you give that little bit of respect and that and then they're they're nice as could be. We had a, a pretty significant scene um, a while back and a known, known violent gang member was on scene because one of his family members was involved, and of all the people there, he was probably the, the nicest guy there. And it's you know he was like, I know you guys know who I am. We, I know you guys. You know I'm just gonna be respectful, and you guys have been nothing but nice to me in this in the situation. So you know, 
even though we know who he is, he's known committed violent crimes in the past. It's just that little bit of respect to show, hey, we're on the same level, and nobody wants any problems right now. Yeah. Well, and, I, and just as a public, especially in public services, it's it's probably more about what I'm taking away. It's probably more about putting the people out of the situation that they're in, or helping yeah. them get to the better conclusion than what they're doing. Yeah. Rather than you know, rather than looking at like you were just talking about looking at the situation and automatically assuming, oh, this is going to be bad or this is going to be a problem or this, you know, you showed up, you're like, okay, we know about this guy, but look, we said hello and he said hello back. You know, that's crazy how just showing a little bit of respect or you know, just the same thing when someone's blown up and really angry, if you just talk to them in a calm voice, like, hey, yeah, I'm here just to talk to you. Like I'm not here to I'm not I'm not gonna raise my voice with you I'm mm-hmm. not gonna talk I'm not gonna get on you like I'm here to just talk. Yeah. Yep. Most of the time, what happens they de-escalate very fast. Yeah. One thing I I took away one time from Joe Rogan it was like anybody put in someone else's situation will probably end up in the exact situation that they're in. You know, it's it because you're the sum of your own choices. Correct, and it's yeah. and like you're the sum of. You know, not always. I mean, not, not always born into the best situation, right? Though. Right. But, but things you can change, correct? But it's it's hard to do that. Oftentimes, you know, when you're born in you know in a certain situation, depending on like who your parents are, like what school yeah. you go to, and stuff like that. And so it's it's oftentimes you know you can you can judge you know oftentimes people are are judged by certain things, but then it's like, well, would you be any different if you were that same exact person? Yeah. Like, with their same, you know, brain and the way that they were growing up and stuff like that. And so it's, yeah, it's, yeah at, at times you kind of have to take yourself out and kind of look from, like, a third-party view. Yeah. I'm so. sure in your line of field and, and stuff like that. Would, was, um, so did you, when COVID hit, how was that? Did that change? Like, it's yeah, the way was, things were like when during COVID. Now, like, where there yeah, is there more so time? It was. Things? I was in the academy when COVID kind of started, okay. and okay, it definitely changed some things a lot. I know our agency, at the one I was at, had switched to kind of an emergency schedule, mm-hmm. where you're, you know, these officers are working longer hours to prevent just the cross of people mixing with each other because we share cars. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to get that extended period of time for this person's assigned to this car. And if we can limit the amount of people swapping in between it, we can reduce the risk of people getting COVID um, and, and having to call it sick for two weeks, which is major for Huge. any agency yeah. to be at down, you know, at least one person if you're down five or six, like we had been. Um, you know, not a ton, a little bit more crime, a lot more definitely uh, drugs, overdoses um, were huge um, and still are. Uh, just with people being locked inside, a lot of mental Stay health calls, home, yeah. people, a lot of domestic violence, people were, you know, stuck inside with each other and yeah. at each other's necks, <laughs> you know, like any, like, yeah. like anybody would be if you're stuck with someone, you know, in a confined area and you can't go get that out to relax or anything, like you said, uh, to go take a drive or just do anything. Or go to the that. gym. Yeah, like, you can't go to the gym and now you can't do anything. But you um, can go to the, you can go to the liquor store or, like, yeah, water. yeah, healthy, healthy vices to get out. Uh, not well, really. I remember during that time I was working at Sutherland Superstore and there was a lawyer that would always come in. His name was Anthony and a real nice guy. And we were we got to talk one day and I was like, so what do you, what's your, what's your practice yeah. in, in law? And he goes, well, 
I hate to say it, but I'm a, I'm like a divorce, a marriage, like divorce mm-hmm. lawyer. Yeah. And I was like, huh. I was like, I'm sure that's pretty tough, but I guess I want to ask how's how's business right now. Mm-hmm. I was like, with COVID. I was like, a lot of people are stuck together and yeah. probably don't spend as much time as they they think they do together. And now they're really spending time together. Work is kind of their escape sometimes. Which and, is a shitty thing to say. And about. he's like, well. Unfortunately, it's going really great for me because, <laughs> yeah. like, like he, I just said before, so many people were stuck inside with their significant others that they didn't really spend a lot of time together. Yeah. But that makes a big case. I'm like, when you are with that person, your significant other, make sure you make time that you actually spend together with them mm-hmm. because, you know, you, when you grow up, you got pets or kids or sports or. Mm-hmm hobbies and stuff like that and if you don't actually make time to sit down and actually spend time together and go on dates or things like that it you probably won't like the person that you spend too much time with yeah because you think you do but you really don't and when i when i talk about like domestic violence stuff it's not always a physical thing no it's it's the way it works in kansas if it's anything involving some sort of family member brother sister spouse boyfriend girlfriend uh, it's it puts that domestic violence label on it, even though it could be a nonviolent thing. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the whole part of it is like you said, making sure that person is the person that you're going to spend time with. You're comfortable spending time with them, and you're not going to be just locked in a room basically together. And like, oh well, okay, this is what it's really like now. That we're going to be with each other for you know 24 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not like you said, some people take that that work as a getaway, and they go spend time with their work friends or whatever. Um. But it's back to, I actually just spoken to an elementary school first grade class uh, pretty recently. And I'd, I'd reached out to my one of my old sergeants and a uh, one of the guys, he was a lieutenant or a chief actually in St. Louis, um, you know, about what do we, what do I talk to these kids about? I didn't go to school resource officer school or anything. He's like, it's not, you know, not bad people, it's just bad decisions that are made at the time. And it's important, you know, to make those bright ones and, you know, look over them a few times. You know, if people are in domestic violence in, in Kansas, if someone, you know, punches a hole in the wall or something, um, it's unfortunately still an arrest. We have to make an arrest mm-hmm. because the other person has a valued interest in, you know, the property of the wall. Yeah. It's going to take money to fix it. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's, uh, okay. it's listed damage to property and yeah. arrest has to be made for something. You know, could this have gone worse? May this escalate? It could. Or it could just be an argument. I didn't, yeah. even, I didn't even know that. Yeah. It's like if a husband and wife get like in an argument and then the guy punches a hole in the wall, then they're like, wow. He has, to, he, he has to be arrested. We do not have a choice. Dang. Huh. The way the law reads is they shall arrest. And it's unfortunate sometimes because that's not, not the best thing to do. Like it could be just a, like, that's all they need to do is punch the hole in the yeah, wall. Like punch the hole in the wall and it's like, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. all right. Now. And I know like, sometimes a lot, if we don't have something like that, if it's just a verbal argument, it doesn't escalate to that thing. Um, what we like to do is, I'm sure you've seen it a billion times with all the other police, is let's separate everyone, maybe take a few nights apart. Let's mm-hmm. Maybe maybe sure. if we have to, rethink the relationship. Yeah. I've had guys in this situation, I've, I've given them rides to hotels in different cities. Um, you know, hey, you got if you got some cash, I'll take you there. We'll do whatever to make sure this doesn't, you know, escalate no one. Obviously, we don't want to arrest anybody if we don't have sure. to. Um, and then, you know, sometimes they'll vent and talk about the relationship and we'll, you know, sometimes almost act as a therapist like, hey, maybe this isn't the best relationship yeah. to be in right now. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate. I get it. You love this person, but. Might not be right for you. May not be right right now. 
So, but yeah, back to that's gotta be cool though. It, it's you, it's like, interesting to get a glimpse yeah. into these people's lives and back to like, how did we get here? Yeah. What point did we turn and make that yeah. decision to do this? Or all it takes is like just asking a question for them to like open up. Yeah. Because uh, I remember back in the first first episode of the, of the podcast we did with Brandon and how I talked about like when I was going through a lot of personal stuff I would go and see Brandon get my hair cut and all it would take is for him to be like hey man how things are going and yep. then it was just like well since you ask but yeah, the flood gates up. Yeah. yeah. and then afterwards like I feel nice because now I have a haircut but I also got a lot off my chest and so yep. like people like that too I'm sure like yeah those worlds of wonder you know, even though they have no idea who, who you are. And at, at that time, I wouldn't even say me and Brandon were, like, super close. Like, I wasn't hanging out with him. Yeah, he cut, he cut your hair. Yeah, he cut my hair and, like... That's it. You know, we maybe talk a little bit on social media, but it's not like he, I was inviting him over to my place to get beers like we do now and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So well, it's huge to talk to, every, like, everyone, but especially your close friends that you truly do trust and like love and care about mm-hmm. you know I'm a big proponent of this tell your friends you love them yep. like some people get a little weirded out by that <laughs> like oh I love you bro and they're like what, what? but yeah. or, uh, like a hug but like, yeah. it, but like I'm, I'm a big proponent of like tell your you know love tell you tell you love your home you love your homies like mm-hmm. it's completely normal and the people that you do care about you know girls guys uh, ask your friends but don't be afraid to be like hey we haven't talked in a while. How are you? Yeah, what's What's been going on? And don't don't just be like, oh, I'm good. It's like, no. What's truly been like anything yeah. new? Like really, like get in their head and yeah. try and figure out what they're what they're truly up to because they might open up and be like, yeah, well, I'm struggling in this or I'm struggling yeah. in that. Take what? that take that thirty minutes instead of that five minute. Hey, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. And that thirty minutes of actually figuring out what's happening. They're like, it's such a guy good. thing though. Like, oh, how are you? And so, oh, we're good. Or like, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> like most of the time mm-hmm. if a guy says he's fine he's probably not fine because yeah. I've done that so many times before oh yeah and again you it builds up then you don't want to feel like you're bothering but if someone asks but if someone asks you you yeah. have the right to especially if someone you trust like yeah, you have the right to you know because they're probably asking for a reason I don't know like if it's God, if it's, you know, the universe, you know, sometimes you have those times when you, you're like, I should call that person. Yeah, something yeah. You know, you're like, I should text them or I should call them or I should call her or text her. Yeah. You know, see how they're doing. And most of the time it's funny because they either have a fire, a fire conversation that, you know, catching up about, you know, life, business, yeah. things you're learning, new girlfriends or relationships and, or it's like, hey, bro, I've been struggling. Like, thanks for calling or thanks for checking on me. It means a lot. It probably propels your relationship with them much much stronger too yeah and it feels like you're a person that they trust that you truly care about well it's like that person you can talk to if you're good friends back in the day and you can just call them up after not talking for a few months and and it's like nothing skip we didn't skip a beat it's back to it but yeah then that's like not trying to relate this back to the job but some people just need to talk Mm-hmm. And that's, that's true and that's what it is yeah you just sit there for five ten minutes maybe 15 minutes if there's nothing else that's a priority that's coming out we'll just sit there and listen because eventually all at some point all that will build up and if they you know if they are struggling with mental health issues then like the only way that then at that point if something occurs that they can express how they feel is through physical action or violence yeah and so you know if I can, if we can sit there for ten minutes and avoid that, yeah, just talk. Yeah, like we've had. I had one it was uh, me and my evening shift partner. We had this guy, this kid's parents were getting a divorce, and it was kind of getting nasty. Nothing, 
you know, violent or anything, but uh, mom and dad were kind of doing petty things to each other. And this kid, he's in high, he's in high school, he's a sophomore, and he's obviously very upset, and, and he's freaking out. His parents were, you know, they don't want to be together anymore. And yeah, I mean, my partner sat there for 25 minutes, just telling him, "Hey, man, I get it. It's it, everything will be okay. Like you're loved." Yeah. Your love. Both of them clearly love you. You have you're taken care of. You're fed. You have clothes. I mean, I'm not trying to compare a situation to others, but I've got kids. Yeah. You know, their their parents are addicts, and they don't. The first thing is, where's their next fix going to come from? I don't care about my kids. They'll spend money on drugs instead of food for yeah. the night. <laughs> and, you know, and then the kids are the real victims in this whole thing. So. Yeah. That's so, yeah. Yeah, and if we you know we have to call the foster system or. The protective services and everybody knows that's not going to help yeah so that's and that's the truly sad reality of it but so you get through the conversation you have like quite a heart especially like for people so i, I we know we know from social media and being your friend but talk i want you to go into like some of the communities like i wouldn't say maybe community service but some of the community involvement that you and your department's been in, yeah. been in with so we're we're kind of blessed. We have a lot of we're fully staffed, so we can nice. we're able to attend these extra activities. Um, just last night, actually, there was so citizens in the city can apply to the city and for a grant for like a block party. You know, you can buy supplies, you know, fire pits, stuff like this. You can't buy alcohol, of course, <laughs> with government money. Shoot, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that kind of sucks, but I get it. Um, and so we went out there and the. Fire department was out there too, so we're all kind of hanging out, getting engaged with the community, and they're talking about you know sustainability. Um, they have and questions geared towards us. You know, our police cars we have, I think we have ten cars, and they're all you know full of gas, no EVs or anything like that. And questions related to that: what are we doing to get electric vehicles or reduce emissions and stuff like that? Is really interesting. Okay. Um, and an opportunity to engage with them, or we have you know few churches in our neighbor in our city and we can attend trunk or treat activities yeah, different things like that, that too yeah yeah and sometimes our city will put on we have a trail a walking trail kind of a like a haunted trail type thing that oh, we're always at cool. and engaged in opportunity to reach out talk to the kids they love talking to us um and then the parents and all the adults get to ask us questions like what we're doing with trends in crime what can mm-hmm. we what can we do to help them what can they do to help themselves and not be a victim yeah so do you have people that try to start like neighborhood watch type stuff? Yeah, so there is, a, and we're blessed in the idea that a lot of people, as soon as they see something weird, they know things aren't right, yeah. um, they will call us immediately. And sometimes okay. um, we've had one, if a car, you know, is walking down or driving down the street and this guy walking through the yards, it's three in the morning. <laughs> Yeah. He's got a he's got a hood up and he's got a flashlight. Look, you know, in a car, it's like okay, something isn't right. There might here. be something going on here. Yeah. yeah, and it's not like we can be everywhere at once. So it's we're thankful in that we can call them or they'll call us. They trust you guys enough to call you to take care yeah. of it. Yeah, and that's it's super helpful. We have that kind of community because without them, we can only do so much. You know? Yeah, and that's such a. We'll get into it a little bit, but. We do want to ask a little bit more on, because we kind of talked about it with Brent, but we do want to talk a little more about, like, what have you seen as, like, have you experienced any backlash? Like, we've obviously had positive interactions with people, and we've highlighted a lot of those, but, like, it is a very polarizing thing right now, being in law enforcement or any... Probably the toughest job. It's probably the toughest (laughs) job, because you don't always know the perception of what you're getting yourself into from Mm -hmm. the person that you're approaching. There's so much out of your control. What 
what what what is this, what some situations like that, or what what what's your perception of of, of like a, your community, or even a, maybe even America? There, it's I I started getting into policing when uh, the whole pendulum started swinging against the police, and it was a difficult time. I've I've been asked a lot of times when I was in the academy, and even now, like, why do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. The pay's not good, mm-hmm. you know. Retirement's it's okay, um, but you could be harmed or killed or anything like that. Why do you want to do this? And you know, every cop's going to say, oh, it's because I want to help people. No, it's, it's, a lot of the times it's that. And someone described it perfectly online as it's a front row seat to the greatest show on earth. Every, everything is different. Every day is different. Um, like yesterday I had an opportunity, the highway patrol had chased uh, a stolen vehicle into our city. And it's just like, I didn't even think this was going to happen to me. Yeah, you had yeah. no idea. No idea. Yeah. yeah, and they ended up having to chase this this lady, and uh, ended up, we ended up catching her. So, just stuff like that. But yeah, definitely swinging back and forth of, you know, had people approach me on scene, start things, say things, um, you know, very anti-police or, you know, some of the events that have happened. And no one likes bad, no one hates bad cops more than good cops. That's true. Yeah. It, it's a it's a disgrace to our profession, and it's quite frankly not anyone I want to associate the, yeah. anybody with. Because like, a large majority of cops are good people, but then you do have the bad a certain percentage yeah. of cops or or of cops that are like actually bad people, and now they have now Personal they feel like they have a step up above just the general public. Yeah, you know, and, and they, they are the law. Authority. Yeah, and so. you can you can see that in some people, um, they they, you know, they take it a little step too far, and oftentimes, um, they, their emotions do get the best of them a little bit in some situations, and they can often be talked down from that, or you know, it's sat down later that hey, maybe we you know take a step back, look at this, you know, learn from it. That was a little bit too much of an ego trip. Yeah, um, and yeah, if you can make the mistake and then you can learn from it, that's the best thing that has been explained to me. Well. It's just like what you were saying, Connor. It was. It's just like the fraternity. Like we were all in the same fraternity, mm-hmm. so it's not exactly the same. But you know, there's a lot of good things that actually come out of being in in an organization like that. Yeah. But there's also situations that you see all over that are the bad situations and everything that bad comes out of it. So one or two bad things wipes away all the other good things. It puts a stain on the reputation of. In this case, yeah. a, frater- a fraternal organization, because one did something bad. Right. Yeah. And you and but yeah, like once again, not really comparing the two, but there's so many good things that the police force does that's not recognized on the news. Hundred percent. But, but obviously, most of the news too, anyway, is always like negative. Stuff. It can be negative. Yeah. The same as like, oh, this fraternity had a philanthropy event where they raised ten grand for this. Nonprofit charity or whatever, but you never hear about that. But then yeah. you'll hear about the student, you know, at whatever D one school that that's not had blood alcohol content of six or of six and yeah. got pushed on the stairs that a you know of yeah. brotherhood event or something like that. It's not interesting. It's not drama. Correct. No, nobody wants to. Nobody and so wants to that's about good things. that's you know there's pros and cons like we talked about four pros and cons of social media and things like that, and so I. Unfortunately, it'll probably always kind of be like that, but you know we can hope that. Uh, well, I think it comes from a society point of view when like people. The main thing is people search out what they want to find. Yeah. So 
if you could change the, the the narrative of like when you're going to find news instead of looking for the bad thing first yeah. to steer you away yeah. or to give you a bad perception, look for the good first before right. you make. Because a, a lot of it's just making two sides to every story because yeah. there yeah. truly is. Because people that believe one thing will go watch CNN. People that believe another thing will go watch in that in in, yeah, that, in, that, in that in that in the political case, yes. Right. In the political case, yes. Well, it's like whenever I'm talking to you know we're having a domestic violence thing going on. Just or, I was going to hey, say uh, just like uh, he said, she said. About. You know, in my opinion, there's always three parts to the story. There's what this person says, what person number two says, and then what actually what actually happened. Yes. You know, so, someone's gonna say, "Oh, I didn't do this. They did this," and then they're gonna say the opposite. It's like, okay, something something happened, obviously, yeah. involving this this situation, these actions, but yeah. who who did what? And we have to go off what we can find, you know, what we can decipher yeah. uh, from what they're telling us and stuff like that. But. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, that's good though, because we need people like you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, for sure. it's 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 so much fun. It's really interesting when we have uh, citizens sign up for like a ride along, and they'll ride with us and understand, you know, what we actually do. The decision making. If probably. you if you see us on like the side of a highway and it looks like we're just sitting there playing on our computer, watching movies on our phone, Eating killing time. It basically. Uh, yeah. No, there's a little bit more strategy involved in that um, to actually catch not just people speeding 15 over. It's actual like criminals committing you trafficking, you know, methamphetamines, uh, fentanyl, and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, fentanyl nowadays is I don't I'm not trying to really segue into that, but it's kind of out of control. It is. Yeah, that's it's, that's a, a true like another true pandemic that's not getting talked about yeah. hardly like at all yeah street, street street drugs yeah, yeah. if you fall because the smallest amount of fentanyl could kill five people yeah like, it's it's scary to, to work with that stuff sometimes and you'll, you'll see it and you'll know what it is i've held the, you know i think we've all seen those the m30 blue pills yep i've held those in my hand before um mm-hmm. you know in a bag with a glove on it's like this is kind of scary, actually. Yeah. yeah. This could this could kill me and everybody in this room if mistreated improperly. Like someone could leave it on their. Well, that's the thing too. I figured out that now um, they're coloring like fentanyl pills mm-hmm. or like they look like, they look like candy. They look like sweet tarts. So all it would take is for yeah. you know a certain, a per, certain person to leave it like on the yeah. counter or something, and a kid walks in the bathroom. Oh, and then yeah, they see colorful things. And like, two or three of those, and with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, who knows how long they're they're gone? It's minutes usually. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love this job. It's again the front row seat to the greatest show on earth. <laughs> life. Yeah, <laughs> just life yeah. as it is. Um, Raw and uncut. Every everything's every day is different. Yeah, it's not like. A, but yeah. Where you go and you sit at a desk and you know exactly what you're gonna do that day yeah it's nice which I'm sure it's nice to know that every day is a little different but it's also I'm sure a little like nerve wracking yeah because you don't know because sometimes we had a there was a this is the last story I'll tell before we can change something else (laughs) Um, a gentleman in the middle of the night was in the courtyard of an apartment complex just shooting his gun off in the air just just cause because he was intoxicated and it was just like how do you prepare yourself for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah like that's very dangerous because yeah, that's crazy. So There's just so stuff many like different that. Things that can happen. So yeah, different. the day the days off are nice. We're really even taking time away from uh, that and not hanging out with your cop friends is also yeah. very good because obviously true. you guys are just going to talk about work, tell yeah. stories of what happened, what you did, but this 
you know, how this, you know, the guy acted, he fought you or whatever, but being able to get with people who aren't like that is nice. They just want to know Brant for Brant, which yeah. is honestly a perfect segue because we do want to talk about some other a cool hobby that yep. Brant's into, um, 3D printing. So he has, so he's going to talk about that a little more and we'll probably, uh, wrap up, wrap up for here pretty soon. So Brant, yeah. go talk about your 3D printing hobby. Then. So when I was, before I became a cop, I, one of the guys I'd worked with the, uh, the business that we worked together, um, he was also a college student. And he had shown me some things he had 3D printed. I'm like, okay, how did I, I know this is a technology, it's new, but how did you get into it? How did you afford it? Because if I've always seen it's thousands of dollars to get into it. Yeah, and he's like, no, he's like, let's, we'll hang out one day and we'll go to Micro Center and we'll go pick out a machine. It was like 200 bucks. Um, and you get some filament, some plastic, just like looks like weed eater cable on a spool. And we set it all up. He taught me, you know, how to set everything up, how to download files of you know you can make little novelty knickknacks or um, actual like practical stuff like if you have a shelf and you know the thing on the side the stud breaks you can just print out another one huh. just make it that way you know just little practical things to help you out in life or you know a headphone stand holder um just doing that getting it set up and i it's even some people make it a business yeah, yeah. if you go on etsy you can make you can print out cookie cutters i know that's a big thing on there um, or even models of just different types of you know things from movies, video games, uh, cars, life, stuff like that. I've, I've seen people make practical parts for cars, mm. um, you know, stuff to hold their wires down, to pin them against the body of the car, stuff like that. It's, it's really interesting what people do, and <laughs> the markup is kind of crazy because it doesn't take much much money to print stuff. I mean, usually less than 50 cents. Because it's just plastic? It's just plastic. It's so just, it literally is like weed eater. Yeah, it's Palmer... Polylactic acid. Yeah. So it's just like made out of like plants. And it comes out melted and then as it comes out, it hardens and then you let it cool. Yeah. So there's a, whenever it it prints out, it prints out like 200 something degrees Celsius. Okay. Super hot. And then there's a cooling fan. As soon as it does that, as soon as it kind of lays that layer down or as it comes out, it cools it off immediately. Kind of like super glue. Yeah, pretty much. And it's, it's really nice. Um, It's difficult at times. Sometimes you get an error and, You'll come back. You have a you know twenty four hour print. You'll come back sixteen hours in, and at hour three it stopped working properly, and you just get a whole mess of things. Because it just probably just squirt. It just yeah. Sometimes you'll your print will lift up, and then it'll just stick on it, and then you just get a whole smudge of either spaghetti where it just keeps printing out wildly. (laughs) Spaghetti. Yeah. Like twenty four hour print stuff. I think the longest the longest print I've had was probably about forty hours. Oh, what was it? Um. Remember. It was actually I can't remember what it was. It was the uh, the mug, the beer holder. That oh, uh, so that took that long. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Like, how yeah, quick. It, it it does take a little bit because you can change the infill density. So if you want like you know it to be a solid piece, I got you. you can do like 100 percent infill if it's not you know you don't have to put up a lot of hollow. If you don't want a lot of stress on it, um, you can make it you know less dense and get a little bit printer quicker print time. Okay. It kind of just depends on what you're going for, and with the software that everyone uses, yeah. uh, you can really change a bunch of stuff on it. It's actually That's crazy. I know my girlfriend's dad had gotten into it, and he was doing some engine work on his Camaro, and he wanted to print out uh, a Ram Air, kind of a directional thing. So whenever the air was coming in, it would direct it back into the intake, mm-hmm. and he printed out a whole piece, and it was all solid. He drilled holes in it and mounted it in there, and it works. Just really hard plastic then at that point. Yep. 
Yep. And he designed it all on his own. I mean, you got to think it's probably heat resistant too because it comes out at 200 degrees Celsius. Yeah. yeah so it doesn't and I mean, that's like what? 300 something degrees Fahrenheit? I don't even know. But you can get, there's so many different types of, huh. uh, of uh, filament you can get. I've seen ones where it's part, you know, it's got sawdust in it. So if you print it out to whatever you want it to, you can actually put like wood stain on it. Oh, oh crazy. Yeah. Or, you know, stuff that'll have. Uh, iron in it so it's magnetic yeah. or all of copper so it'll get that kind of tarnished look so I mean there's the possibilities really are endless of what huh. you could print so it's you can make practical stuff with it so some people probably buy so some people buy it for practical use yeah. and other people buy it for art that's crazy art fun stuff just messing around it's crazy how functional it is for both types of yeah. use yeah. cases yeah I've, I've used it for uh, organizing like batteries um, stuff like that, cases, instead of just having a loose bag of batteries, like sometimes they'll buy it you know, in the law enforcement supply store. I've even printed out a can or a little hard case uh, for Narcan that I keep in my bag so that way it doesn't get damaged or anything in my mess of a bag. Yeah. Huh. So I guess that's, I mean, the, the, at some point that's what the future will yeah. start doing with a whole bunch. I saw a video they were doing like a 3D printed like boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a one. giant machine. And I've seen one where they made a house, and it's like a, it's just a scale-up version, and instead of plastic, it's concrete. Yeah, that's wild. I think it's I, crazy. I, a couple weeks ago, I was in Dick Sporting Goods, and Adidas came out with a shoe where like the sole looked like it was just like three D printed, like yeah, the cross layers, the cross yeah. like the lines or whatever. Yep, just all the layer it's lines. Probably, I mean, those probably come out of a mold, but yeah, but yeah. that's I mean, but even, like it just looked like I was like, damn, it's the three D printed sole. That is shit. Wild. Is that something that you plan on? Like, would want to start a business with doing, or right uh, now is it just kind of for shits and gigs? And probably not. It's all just for fun at the moment. I just don't, just don't have enough time to focus on that. I, I, I enjoy it. I like doing it. Just not something I'm I not super serious. It's just more for fun. Yeah. yeah, I I do that it's on the side. Obviously, I like playing video games, either by myself with solo games or with you guys. Right. It's always a lot of fun, and then. Uh, Got into to cars when I became a cop. Um, started working on that. I had one of my good friends I went to high school with. He's a he went to school for auto being an auto mechanic, and he kind of helped me walk into that and taught me everything about like bailless engines and walked me through taking apart my first engine, upgrading things, fixing things that can be broken, as well as my dad yeah. uh, walking me into that and showing me how to do my you know own basic maintenance on it and save a bunch of money. Which is yeah, yeah. like it's, it's crazy you say that because this. Like, I just went home this past weekend, and my cousin John is, like, an automotive tech. Mm -hmm. And I went in there on a Saturday. It was just him in there, and he was replacing my front tires. And there was a truck that was literally, like, the engine was completely, like, getting yeah. taken apart. And I'm just looking at it, like, how in the... How the world do you know where everything goes? Even, like, how do you know what all this stuff This is? little tiny <laughs> pin goes into this little tiny yeah, just like a giant, before you put the gasket on, before a, you put the bolt on. Like a yeah. giant mess. <laughs> That's what my buddy started doing. He started taking apart the engine. He's got eight different bolts and eight different sizes, and he's just tossing them on the table. I'm like, how do you know... You're gonna put the right one back where it goes. He's like, oh yeah, we've done it a million times. I'm like, this yeah, is insane. It's, it's more of just a, a craft that you have to continually yeah. do. Because yeah. thankfully, I know a little bit. Because me and my dad, we worked on a Mustang growing up. We mm -hmm. like replaced the rotors, the brakes, the tires, the, all the fluids, mm -hmm. and then also I held the flashlight. <laughs> like I was, the, I was the oldest. I was the flashlight. I was the wrench guy. Like that's that. That's honestly that's. 
it pays dividends, I think. Yeah. When you get older, you're like, if you know how to change a tire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or change oil or, yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. It's always interesting to do that. I uh, got into competitive shooting. I was going to ask about that, too. Yeah. So yeah. you do that for fun and all? I still do that. I did it when I was in, in college for a professional criminal justice fraternity. So we got to go around, uh, usually in the spring, about every year. We'd go to a different state and have yeah, like a good have a conference. I know. Yeah, I know. I know at UCM right now. Anyway, it's twenty twenty two. They've won the national title for just the conference overall for the last twenty two years in a row. Oh my god! So yeah, they're good. They're they're really proud of that, and they're really good. So that's kind of where I got my intro because shooting was part of the competition. Um, did that? Doug was probably shooting at least a thousand rounds a week. Um, and then as I got out, got into more of a practical shooting competitive league uh, with some of the guys I worked at at a, at a gun store. Cool. And so I'm still yeah. friends with them today. And we still do that whenever we get a chance. And we can incorporate it to our to the law enforcement side of it. Uh, you know, being skilled, not just shooting at a static target, but being able to communicate uh, with your partners and shoot in a practical manner if need be. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Um, this has been State Talk Episode Nine with our with our great friend Brent. We really appreciate it again. Uh, you know, we really appreciate everyone listening. Thank you for being patient with us for the past two weeks. Uh, we really appreciate all the all all of the support over the past couple weeks. And the, the we're about to finish up here soon, so we're going to steamroll through the next. Uh, make sure to check out the Patreon if you haven't. And Brent, any last words you have? No, I appreciate you want to, like plug your Instagram. Yeah, you're not on no, social media. No, that's okay. <laughs> no, I just I appreciate the opportunity to be on here. Yep. yep. Thank you very much. Well, we appreciate you as always, man. And I know a lot of other people here in Kansas City do. So um, once again, thanks for being on. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening out there. And as always, stay, stay steady. steady. <laughs>